Welcome to Inside Personal Growth Podcast. Deep dive with us as we unlock the secrets to personal development, empowering you to thrive. Here, growth isn't just a goal, it's a journey. Tune in, transform, and take your life to the next level by listening to just one of our podcasts. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Mark, all my listeners know who I am. Not maybe very many of them know who you are. Mark Picotta is on the other end of the line in Medellin, Colombia. Used to live here in San Diego. And we became good friends, which goes way back, uh, when we donated a website to a charity that I was working with called Terry. Uh, And I'm so appreciative of the work that he did. Mark, good day to you. Thanks for being on Inside Personal Growth. I'm I'm pumped to be back. Excited to be back. I'm excited to have you talk about the second edition, the updated (laughs) new edition of Crowdfunded. And I'm going to tell everybody right off the bat, um, this is not a hard book to read. It's well laid out, well designed. And I think the second edition is the one that you want to get if you're thinking about doing any kind of crowdfunding. So uh, it's called The Proven Path to Bring Your Product Idea to Life. And I'm going to let the listeners know a little about you, Mark. He's the CEO and co-founder of Launch, Launch Boom, a global team of experts who help creators turn their products' ideas into real businesses. His deep knowledge of crowdfunding, digital marketing, and scaling companies has been critical to the success of not only his clients, but his company, Launch Boom. He is author of Crowdfunded, the number one best-selling book on crowdfunding. In Crowdfunded, Mark breaks down the step-by-step system he and his teams have used to launch thousands of products in dozens of categories, Um, and he leads a pretty remote life. As I said, he's in Colombia, and he's got 20-plus experts around the country that are helping drive this company and what it is they do. Well, Mark, again, it's always a pleasure having you on. You're always super knowledgeable. You know, you and I have known each other for a long time, um, and I just want to give the listeners a background, a bit about your background and how you came to start Launch Boom, all the way back to yeah. San Diego State, and and you walking across the campus, and uh, so yeah. go from there. Yeah, go going back to the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's yeah. If go back to San Diego State. I was, uh, well, right at the beginning, just so everyone knows, I was, I was definitely a little, uh, well, I wouldn't say aimless, you know, I, my, my, my path was different, a lot different than what I thought I would be doing now. So I was actually doing electronic music. I was producing music, DJing, promoting parties. (laughs) And, uh, I did that for about three years. And, um, this is a funny story. I was actually talking to uh, right before this, a student at San Diego state that was inter- interviewing me for a class. So I was telling this exact story about like 30 events ago. And, um, I was, I was at an event and I was looking up at the DJ and this is my junior year about to go into my senior year. And I could not actually envision myself lead, like leading that lifestyle. I'm like, all right, I've been doing this now for three years. But in that moment, it was like very sobering of looking up at this guy and being like, that is not actually the path that I want to go down. And right after that event, I started to get way more involved in school, actually. And they have this great program at Syndicate State or a great club, actually, called Entrepreneur Society. 
which sounds kind of intense. It sounds like a secret society. I actually, I actually <laughs> consulted there uh year before last. I was at that society. Yeah. 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 It's very cool. It's a great, it's a great, it's really, yeah, it's great. So I met a lot of great, great people there, teachers, a lot of students that were just, you know, trying to do the same thing I was like looking for a path of looking into the path of entrepreneurship and, and uh, what was actually possible there. And so there was someone that introduced me to a company called eBoost Consulting and eBoost Consulting was a digital marketing agency. They had an amazing internship program. Again, I was a senior uh, at San Diego State. I did that interview. I had no experience in digital marketing except basically trying to learn as much as I could leading up to this interview. And I had, I'd, I was also learning how to do like web, web design development. I suck by the way, but I was doing that and I got this internship and besides like learning really all about digital marketing from like affiliate marketing, conversion design to uh, paid media on both like Google and Facebook, it was like very wide in terms of the knowledge, but it actually went fairly deep as well. Um, and we got the opportunity to work on actual nonprofit clients like pro bono. This is how they made the internship program work. So they would do pro bono work, have the interns actually lead the accounts. And so that gave me a lot of, uh, not only like knowledge, but confidence in, um, in like digital marketing, account management, et cetera. And then I would say, so not only getting the knowledge was really good, but number two was I met two of my business partners, uh, in this internship. So there were also that's interns. When, that's when you met Will? No, not Will. So Will came on later. So I can, I can okay. talk about that in the story as well. So uh, I met Tom and Mike and we started along with, we had a whole bunch of partners at the beginning. <laughs> we're 22. Uh, we're young. We, uh, we started this company called Label Creative out of college. So that was what you were referencing in terms of being all, you know, bright eyed, leading, uh, leaving San Diego state. We started this agency, uh, out of this internship. I was still at state and, I mean, even to call it like a business at the beginning is maybe giving it too much credence because, you know, we we're just young, young guys that got our first client at state was this law firm called Delt Law. And we sold them a $5,000 package. You know, I, I went into Kinko's and got this, uh, you know, this like frosted cover and everything and sold them some website design and uh, video production package. And then we were in business. So that was the, that was the beginning of that's how you, well, that's how you got launch started. That's kind of we yeah. we met right around in there because yeah. Uh, yeah you were doing this work at the nonprofit that I was involved with called Terry, and you yeah. guys were nice enough and kind enough to make a donation to do the website or redesign. So you yep. know you wrote your first book, crowdfunded in April of two thousand, uh, and yep. since then you've developed five hundred launch boom clients and raised tens of millions of dollars. What is the difference uh, between this new edition, okay, and what the readers would have gotten out of a book in 2000? Because I noticed a lot of differences in the book. Um, I yeah. think the simplicity of the read is a big one. Uh, the graphs and charts you use, the pictures you use, the kind of things you did to explain it. Um, but give us a little bit of a a background of what the reader can expect. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. On top of just like, I think being a better writer, <laughs> um, there are definitely, it's laid out better. I think it's easier to understand. Um, but we've learned a lot, you know, as mm -hmm. you were talking about, we've, we've worked with 
yeah, over 500 launches since, since we, uh, since I wrote the book originally three years ago, um, which is kind of crazy to say time goes by so fast. Um, and I mean, there, there's a lot of, on top of having new information, there definitely is a lot of refinement in terms of, uh, like the core system, because I kind of want to take a step back here for a moment because, you know, launch boom, what we do is that we, we essentially have created a system, like a marketing system for how you actually launch your product, your like consumer product, uh, using crowdfunding websites like Kickstarter or Indiegogo. We essentially use these websites like a pre-order product launch, because all you need to have is a prototype. If you're watching this on camera, I'm holding a water bottle right now. Let's say like, this was your prototype. And then we can actually do all the marketing around that. And then you can pre-sell your product and get revenue um, to then ultimately go make it. The reason why I'm explaining this is, you know, the core system of how we approach the product launches has really remained intact, you know, since going back to 2020, but we, we still have learned a lot in terms of how to make refinements to the system, like how we right. do, um, and also how it, how it applies to, I would say different product categories. That's been like a really interesting one as well is that originally we were really focused, I would say more on almost like tech hardware products, but over the past three years, we've actually gone into other categories such as tabletop games is like a huge category on, on it's actually the biggest category on Kickstarter. So we've, we started to develop systems specifically for that. We also uh, have done, this is like a kind of a random category, but glamping and boutique hotels, <laughs> for example. And so we, it, these are just a few examples, but getting these different, like different experiences with different product categories has allowed us also to like expand our thinking of how this not only applies to different product categories, but how maybe some strategies that we applied to these product categories can apply to different ones as well. Um, you know, well, an example team, of that your is, team is a, your team's a master of your craft. I mean, uh, there isn't anybody in a, and this is just from somebody who's seen a lot of this kind of transpire number one you have longevity in this business uh, a lot of people don't make it as long as you have uh two you have an, a, an amazing team that works very well together three thanks you are a master of your craft uh in other words you study really what goes on and now all these categories you're talking about and i think anybody out there listening today who wants to do a crowdfunding campaign they they really need to get your book but they also need to understand and study the content of the book. And then if they wish, go hire you. But if they don't, hey, try and do this on your own and tell you it's not that easy. Uh, that's why you would hire somebody by launch boom. And I think that goes along with this. You have a lot of success stories. I mean, everything from the, uh, the Lomi, uh, which I own one of because of you. Nice. Uh, to <laughs> this guy. A few success stories that I thought was good was Bubba the Giver. Um, <laughs> these, yeah. these are great stories, and they kind of set the stage to inform our listeners about what it is you do. So can you talk about this guy with the gloves, Bubba the Giver, um, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and why, why you profiled him? I mean, you profiled a lot of them in here. Uh, it's not like he's the only one, but he was one of them that you definitely put right up front. 
I love Bubba. Who doesn't like saying Bubba's name, by the way? I mean, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, Bubba, Al- Bubba Albrecht from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah, his company is called Giver. He he was one of our first clients. So I feel like we have like a special connection as well because you know he put trust in us when we were really early. This is back in 2016, I believe, was when we first talked to him. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and um, yeah, we just we had a great experience on the very first uh, product launch with him, which were these, um, gloves. So like leather gloves, but we called them the best damn gloves ever. And they are <laughs> really good. Right. And, but I'm I mean, sure more, you've more, got more, a more pair. To... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say, I'm well, sure you've actually, got a pair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I actually wear them the mittens, which are like a later campaign that we did, which was even more successful because I have terrible circulation in my hands. So I need like really warm gloves, but to go back to like why Bubba besides that he, he also just has like a really amazing story. I mean, he, when we were working with him, he was starting this, this, uh, this business on the side, you know, and he was a baggage handler at the Jackson hole airport. Um, so, and this is very common, you know, we work with a lot of people that have full-time jobs. Um, and this is something that's like a, you know, a dream for them to go and, and create this brand, you know, this business that is passion project. Uh, it's a passion, passion yeah, project, passion, yeah. passion project to like real business, you know, like right. something that like actually supports them. And that's not everyone's story. Like sometimes, of course, people are totally fine with just launching something as a passion project. But I'd say the vast majority of clients that we work with are looking to do this like as full time. And so I like talking about the story of Bubba because it's to show that's possible to like take this passion project and to work really hard. I mean, it was not easy for sure what he did. And we're not 100% responsible for his success. Like he is like most of it, right? We just like gave him a system and support to allow him to have a more likelihood of actually achieving this, you know, this, um, this dream of his. Um, so that's why I really like talking about Bubba's story. Um, he's not only a great I, guy, I, I... but yeah. You know, I think what your crowdfunding does, number one, we could kind of combine two questions that I have for you. One is the crowdfunding framework, which is there's seven steps in it. Um, And I I think, you know, this is the part of the book that people have to get. And also uh, speak to you, if you would, about those seven concepts, but also the whole concept of proof of concept, right? In other words, why is right. it so much more efficient and less expensive to go crowdfunding to prove your concept? Because like I come from the days I'm old enough to say this and I've launched products. I launched toy products. I launched, I launched software products, but <clears throat> you know, you go through the prototyping phase then you try and get some feedback. Then you go to China, you get it manufactured or wherever you're going to go. And you're literally, and then you think, okay, well, I haven't really proven it yet. But I'm going to go see if Toys R Us wants to buy my dolls. At the time I had a toy company, we made dolls. And you realize that the internet is so powerful to allow you to do that with waste, without wasting a lot of money uh, and time and energy. And I think if right. there's any one thing that you could say to somebody out there today, it would really be about how quickly you can create a proof of concept on the internet to see if people really like what you have and whether it's worth pursuing. Can you speak to both of those? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the latter um, and then we'll we'll work up from there. You know, to my earlier point of like how crowdfunding works is that you you only need to have a prototype. I mean, that's, 
that right there is like the magic of this whole system is that let's say like the traditional product launch, you know, before this type of uh, like before crowdfunding really existed, um, you would have to go through all these steps of, you know, building your product, building up inventory for your product to ultimately uh, go launch and then hope that people actually, you know, purchase your product. But really you have now invested a lot of time and money, which ultimately leads to more risk before you then, you know, let's say like turn it on and then start to market and hope that you get sales. Now with, with crowdfunding, you, again, you only need a prototype and now you can start to actually invest, I would say more into the marketing side before you actually build your product. And what that's going to do is actually give you a whole bunch of information, very valuable information of, do people actually want my product? You know, do, do they want my product before I go invest a ton more time and money into actually making it, you know, so crowdfunding is not necessarily cheap. I want to make that clear to everyone. You know, it's not, we're, we're gone from the days. There was definitely a time in like when Kickstarter first started where you could put up a product on there and maybe without like a lot of marketing spend, get it, get people to buy it just because there was all this excitement around it. You still, you need to like invest money into marketing and ad spend. And like, you know, if you're going to work with experts, like there are definitely costs associated with it. So I don't want to mislead people there, but it is dramatically less, I think, than the alternative, which is what I was talking about first. (laughs) Yeah. Dramatically less. Yeah. I mean, if you're launching a product and you go crowdfunding route versus you do what I just talked about, which was prototype and then think, oh, well, I have a market because I've, I have a belief that everybody is going to beat a pathway to my door, right? To buy this product or this thing or whatever it might be that you're, you're living on a, on a prayer there. Um, Whereas you guys give people factual data analytics that says, Hey, this thing has a probability of success. And here's the probability of success. Correct. Like a predictive analytics. Is really what you guys are doing. Your predictive analytics. Yeah, I mean, I've kept it like pretty high level at this point because, yeah, it, you know, in the in the, and I can go into it right now, and I will. But yeah, definitely in the you know in the book and or and I have articles about this. Like, there is like a certain level of complexity to like what we're talking about or you know what you're talking about right now in terms of predicting success. Um, but that's this is a preamble. I'll, I'll go into how it works. <laughs> is okay. yeah, so. Yeah, what what Greg's talking about is that you can actually validate demand for your product before you actually launch your crowdfunding campaign. And this is what we highly recommend you do. And this is what we show clients how to do, which essentially how it works is that, again, you have your prototype, you can create some marketing assets around this. So get some renderings, get some photos of it, right? Um, This will allow you to then to create a few different very important assets that you're going to need to test and validate your product. One is what we call a reservation funnel. So think of it as a website with a few steps, very important steps. So your, your reservation funnel will look like this. You'll have a landing page. People, the main call to action will be trying to get people's email address for them to show that they're interested in your launch. Okay. They'll be taken to the next step, which is where the whole reservation part of the reservation funnel comes in. We say, all right, you're in. If you put down a $1 deposit, then you will reserve some type of special deal when we launch. Usually it's a guaranteed discount. It can be like an exclusive add-on as well that you can throw in there. And 
And that's essentially it. Then you have a checkout and a link, thank you page, right? But the whole point of the reservation funnel is really getting that $1 reservation. We found that people that do that are on average 30 times more likely to buy than someone that just gives their email address. Why this is important is because having that data allows us to then create this predictive model, like what you were mentioning before, because now we have, I would say enough, like enough of a valuable data point that we have enough data to say that, you know, this percentage of people that put down a dollar actually end up buying your product. And we have a high degree of confidence in that, that allows us to create a, an accurate enough predictive model for you to basically spend money on advertising. And we usually spend about one to $2,000. Um, to then learn, uh, am I actually able to find an audience where I can advertise to them at a low enough cost um, that makes sense? Where, again, you can predict out your sales and say, all right, I spent this much on advertising. What is my expected revenue? And what's the expected profit right there? If you're expecting $0 in profit based off of your initial tests, you know, you, you either want to change up your positioning of your product, which could be like who you're targeting and how you're actually like messaging the value of your product, or you may want to like tweak some part of your product. You know, you might have to iterate on the product itself. So we recommend actually doing a lot of testing in the pre-launch before you get to the crowdfund, because that's actually just going to further mitigate risk. Right. No, it's a it's a important point because you call it test, launch, and scale. Uh, that right. is what you define as the three phases of a system. Um, and you were just really talking about the test part of it, right? Right. Um, right. And I and I think now it's really the kind of launch and scale. Um, one of the other things you talked about in this book and you talked about in your last book. Uh, that I distinctly remember is the four horsemen. Uh, you, you, you definitely uh, have to speak to, with our listeners about this because it's really like, who's gonna come and buy your product, right? So if you could right. define these, the, the horsemen and talk about it as it relates to uh, your, what you call your three phases of the system, which is test, launch and scale. Yeah. Yeah. So we call it the four horsemen of traffic, which is like an extremely apocalyptic name. It's kind of great. It's kind of a funny one, but it's like stuck. I wrote this article like a long time ago called that because I thought it sounded cool. And I'm like, all right, we're just going to, we're going to keep going yeah. with that. Now you're that stuck theme. With it. <laughs> yeah. We're stuck with that theme. Um, yeah. But essentially the idea behind it is that uh, we're trying to like simplify as much as possible. What are the four top sources of traffic to your crowdfunding campaign? And the reason why was because uh, I remember when we were starting out, it's like, you look at these big campaigns and you're like, how are they raising this much money? Like, where are all these sources of traffic coming from? You know, it's probably like hundreds of different sources and really it boils down to like four main ones. Okay. So the, the four main ones is that one, you have your pre-launch email list. So what I was mentioning before with this reservation funnel, the whole idea behind that is that you are driving traffic from Facebook or meta uh, is the main one that we're using to then build up this email list of people that are highly qualified, meaning that you know, they're going, they want to buy your product. Okay. So that's going to be a main source of traffic, your pre-launch email list. 
The next one is going to be uh, paid media. So I just kind of mentioned this as well. It's like you need to spend money on on meta advertising to one, drive traffic to your funnel in the pre-launch to build a pre-launch email list. But also when you launch, you want to continue traffic, uh, sending traffic from, from meta to your actual crowdfunding campaign. So mm -hmm. paid media in general will be the second uh, horseman. The third one will be P PR and influencers. So I like to kind of like group them together. This typically comes into play during the crowdfunding campaign itself and actually after is like where most, that's really where you're going to see the traffic from PR. So like news sites, tech publications, whatever is applicable to your product or influencers as well. So yeah, these will be, I think people understand what an influencer are. So people on these, you know, Instagram, on, on YouTube, et cetera, people that can actually talk about your product and then uh, promote that to their audience. The Kardashians. The Kardashians. Yeah. Those are big influencers. <laughs> yeah. That might be, that might be kind of expensive to get them, but yeah. So that would be the, that would be the third one. And, and the thing with, I haven't really been talking about some of the differences between these besides like, of course, I mean, they have pretty clear differences in terms of what the mediums are, but I'll, I guess I'll just start with this last one. PR is one of those things, PR and influencers, it kind of like, it comes in waves. We like to say like, you, you don't really know exactly when it's going to hit, but if it does hit, it could be pretty big now going backwards. And then I'll, I'll finish with the fourth one, uh, paid media, you know, mostly on meta is going to be the most consistent form of traffic because it's something where you can usually get to the place where you can kind of just like crank it up and, and until it might like start to lose some of the returns that you're seeing, and then you can kind of crank it down, but it's a consistent form of traffic. And then on the pre-launch email list, that's something that comes mainly just at the beginning of the campaign. You kind of, they all rush in at the beginning. That's going to be like the main source of traffic at the beginning. All right, now we're going to go to the end. So the fourth, fourth horseman is the platform itself. So meaning Kickstarter and Indiegogo, whichever crowdfunding platform you launch on, both of them have many people, tens of millions of unique visitors every single month. And these are people that are looking for, you know, like cool, innovative new products to pre-order. So in order to become more visible on the platforms, you essentially have to do all the other, uh, the sources of traffic. Well, you have to, you have to bring traffic yourself in order to get funding on your campaign, which then will push you higher up in the rankings on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, which then gives you more visibility and therefore you are more likely to get traffic and uh, sales. Now, typically you see on the last one, it's like 20 to 30% of the total funding amount will come from the actual crowdfunding platform itself if you you know, you know do everything else right. Um, so that that's like one of the most powerful parts about crowdfunding is that it's, it is this um, platform that has unique visitors on it that you can tap into. Like you could tap into this crowdfunding audience. Yeah. Well, everybody, you know, wants to go viral. You know, if you look at a video that gets placed on YouTube and, uh, and, and they say overnight success and some of them are, you know, 3 million hits, um, you know, it, our pandemic was definitely viral, but it wasn't a good thing. Right. So the question, you know, right, right, right. I, I, I kind of a crazy analogy, but it is an analogy. At some right. point, you're looking for the speed of this momentum, the quality of this momentum and the ability of conversion rate of this momentum. 
who's going to actually convert because people are talking about it. They're saying something about the XYZ glove or the product or the Lomi or the this or the that or whatever. Now, um, I want to have you speak about this because you say the biggest block to the success are our internal limiting beliefs. Uh, this is a show on personal growth. It's a show on business. It's a show on uh, really wellness and spirituality. There's four genres we cover. And these limit, internal limiting beliefs are actually pretty big because you're, you're saying these are the things that stop people before they start. Uh, can you speak to the seven limiting beliefs uh, that you talk about in the book and how an entrepreneur really can overcome those. So I got my I got the book right here. We're gonna we're gonna read from it. This is the this is the this is the proof copy. And we can we can switch off, Greg. You can you can read one, then I'll read. That's I, that's right. actually that's actually more valuable, Mark, than uh, than the copy I have because it says proof. Yeah, the proof one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is actually this is actually something that wasn't in the first first book. And no, it wasn't. That's yeah, why I picked I it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I realized in, you know, how can I make this book better? Um, that, yeah, well, you said it already. Like one of the biggest things that, that gets in the way of people actually launching is just their own limiting beliefs. And yeah. I was very, very aware. I mean, your audience, I don't think is like this. You know, if they're listening, they they want to grow, but there's definitely a group of people that are like, oh man, limiting beliefs. It's kind of like woo woo BS stuff. You know, that's, that's not me, but I feel like if people read this chapter, you know, they'll, they'll realize that they may have one of these. So the seven are the first one is I don't have time to launch my product. We get this all the time. You know, I talked about Bubba where he had a full-time job. Again, a lot of people do, and they're like, how am I going to make this work? I just don't have time. And the thing is I you know, you can make time, right? It's a choice at the end of the day, not saying it's not, that's easy, but it definitely is a limiting belief that needs to be addressed. Um, if that is one that you have, uh, the next one, the timing isn't right yet. So it's like, well, I might not have time now, you know, but later I'm going to, but oftentimes what I see with that is that they end up pushing it off, you know, more and more and more. And that just never happens. The right. third one is I'm not a marketer. I'm bad at it or I hate it. We get this a lot as well. Oh man, I don't even have social media. You know, I don't want it to marketing is so scammy and all this stuff, but really it's like changing your idea behind marketing that, I mean, they probably just had, they've experienced bad marketing at the end of the day, marketing is just connecting, you know, a product with, with the person, with the person that like needs that product. And it is, um, it is a force for good, you know, and especially if you, you want to bring your product or idea or whatever it is into the world, you know, you should be able to communicate the value and, and to the right audience. Um, it's a really powerful thing. Um, well, like, like has been saying, but yeah. said before to sell is human. Um, I, I yeah. think a lot of people, they don't want to use the word sell. So they'll say marketing or something else, but the reality is convincing something convincing someone that something they don't have may benefit them in some way, whatever that might be, or they have a need for it, is just kind of natural. It's been going on since right. the dawn of time. And all you do is you make that a lot easier by putting it out on the internet. Um, so right. instead of asking, you're doing it with pretty pictures and words and audio and video, right? Um, versus you actually saying, hey, do you want to buy this refrigerator? I know you need it. 
Uh, Right, right, right. But so, what are some of the other limiting internal limiting beliefs? So we just have we have three more. So the the next one is I don't I don't have a team. Um, uh, No, we have four more, don't we? Yeah, but I don't have a team is the next one. Um, I mean, this is a big one. Like, there's so many like solo creators, and so they just they feel like because they don't have a team that they're not going to be able to bring this to life, but we found that that is very much not the case. I mean, you know, biased, right? Like we're, we're the ones that are helping supplement that, that thing that's missing for them. But I would say, even if you're not working with launch boom, there are just like so many um, other people, other creators out there that you can, that you can talk with. Um, I was interviewing, we have a podcast as well. And I was interviewing uh, a creator and he was saying that, his advice to creators was you should just go ask other creators for help. And you'd probably be surprised at how many of them will help you. So that's be my answer to that. Yeah. That's um, a big one. Then we, yeah. Yeah. Then um, I don't have enough money to launch on my own. You know, I was talking about this before that it is not cheap, right? I, again, I don't want to mislead people say like, I hate when people are like, Oh yeah. You know, you can just go do this. Like just, it doesn't take that much or, or whatever it might be. It's like, yeah, there is definitely investment that needs to be made into this. Um, but I would say a lot of people find it to be more affordable than they think. And I would say the other thing is, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's like, it's, uh, man, this word's escaping me. I, I Basically, it's less risky than you think because there is a, a system behind it where you can do things like what we we're talking about earlier with the with a testing and validation where it's like every, you, you have these very specific milestones where you can get a better understanding of how much is actually going to cost you before you decide to move on. Exactly. Um, In that test yeah. phase, you know, so, Hey, if you put, I don't know, 10 to $15,000 in that test phase, that's a, right. I'm not saying that's the number, but the reality is that's a lot cheaper than you would if you went out maybe and built a prototype and brought it in and did whatever you needed to do, hired the people, all the rest of the stuff. It's it's right. a great investment. You guys have a great program going. Thanks. So I appreciate that. Next one. Yeah, we have we have two more. All right, we're almost there, everyone. So next one is the launch might fail. It's true, Go right? Ahead. I mean, it might it might it might <laughs> fail. The and the, and there are a lot that fail. Um, you know, just in general when it comes to, to product launches, but the thing is, you know, I, I put in here, like, what would you rather like launch and fail or be never launch and regret because regret is a deeper pain than failure, because at least with failure, you tried, I think that's so true. You know, it's like, well, obviously I do, I wrote it, but it's, it's yeah. So that's, I think that's that's all that needs to be said on that one. And then the very last one is, uh, who am I to launch a product? And this is where like the imposter syndrome is uh, starting to show itself. And this is very real, right? For a lot of people. Oh, Um, very real. Very real. Yeah. And you know, there's the fear fear of failure. And I think, um, you know, they say fear of public speaking is probably the biggest thing for people. But I think just the fact that you fail, but I'll tell you one thing, if you don't fail, you're not learning. And you're not going to know what will work unless maybe you tried something that didn't work. Um, right. and so I'd highly recommend it. Now, that that kind of leads me to this question. Um, you've obviously had 
crowdfunding campaigns that have been stellar, and you've had that some that haven't been most effective. Can you make a comparison between one that was super stellar and one that maybe you didn't see happening but kind of fell through the cracks? Yeah, a good one mean, and like, a bad one. Yeah, they just didn't perform yeah. very well. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. I mean, tip typically, like the I mean the the most simple answer to why there is a big difference outside of like, are we perfect? Have we ever made mistakes in product launch? Like, absolutely not. Right. Like there are, there have been in the basically decade of doing this, you know, we have made mistakes that probably led, no, not probably did lead to like worse results in a campaign. I will own that. Um, but I would say most, most of the time what you're seeing, if there is like a big difference between a big launch and a, and a, let's say like not as successful of a launch, it typically is something around the actual like product itself does not like really having as much demand. I mean, just to put it quite simply, it's like there's there's only so much that marketing can do to push a product. And this is why the whole testing and validation part is so important because, you know, when we when we first launched a company, we we didn't talk about testing and validation at all. And then we had, you know, a string of launches that we knew going into the launch that it wasn't going to be that pretty because everything we were doing in the pre-launch was basically like us, like slamming our head against the wall, trying to make it work. Right. And once, you know, the metrics just weren't that great and we were trying all different types of things, but at a certain point, there is really no other option or like reasoning for it not working besides the product may just not have that big of a market that's interested in it. Um, right. and that's, that's just the truth, right? I, I will say though, in general, if let's say like outside of like launch boom clients, there's also a whole other subset of people that either don't like actually position the product correctly. So meaning that they are not communicating the value of their product to the right audience. Um, that's like one whole group where it's like, they actually have a pretty good product. They just don't know how to talk about it. Right. So they don't actually end up making a lot of sales. That would be one other like big mistake. And I'd say the other big mistake is that they don't actually focus on the pre-launch enough. So we we work with, I'd say a decent amount. I mean, it probably may, it makes up like, I don't know, definitely less than 10% of our clients, probably like 5% are people that have failed, you know, not working with us and then come to work with us. Um, and most of the time, it's like they don't focus on the pre-launch is specifically building up a pre-launch email list of people that want to buy the product as simple as that sounds, but that, that like separates these, these like, uh, failed versus successful campaigns. Um, that's like the biggest separator. And, um, I have like a few examples of that in the book even. Uh, and so, yeah, but those are, for all, oh, those are all the differences. Pre-launch is so important because, you know, it's like seeding, um, a farmer yeah. has to seed his field before he's going to yield the crop. Uh, you right. know, I mean, some of the basic principles here. Um, look, the book has a lot of resources in it. You took the time to put all these QR codes sprinkled throughout the <laughs> book. Um, what's the goal of providing the listening audience with all these templates and tools and and so on? Um, is that assisting them and leading them up to maybe doing something on their own uh, or them contacting you? and saying, yeah, we really need your help and assistance. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll be hundred percent transparent. Like this, this book, the way I view it is like, it's a great marketing tool for launch boom. At the same time, it is a tool that a creator could use and launch on their own. And people right. do that. You know, I get that. I get those emails all the time. There is one that just posted on LinkedIn like a few weeks ago, Nicholas, he uh, launched his product in Indiegogo over hundred K shout us out, use the book, uh, you know? So the, even the way it's priced is like for the print version is $8 and 71 cents, which is like quite literally the lowest I can possibly make it. And it's right. zero, I guess zero, zero dollars in royalty. So right. it's, it's the way I view it is that if someone reads it, they get value from it. They have two options. Essentially they can use it to launch by themselves, which great, right? Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> or they can come in and work with us as well, which is awesome. And no one, no one loses in this exchange, whether like either option they go, uh, either path they go down. So that's, that's my well, it, super it secret. Great, master it plan. is a great marketing tool for launch boom. But on the other hand, yeah. I want my listeners to know that Mark is really providing you with all the tools you need if you were going to launch on your own. And then if you failed oh, yeah. on your own, you would think that $8.61 you spent, you would come 71 back to cents. Mark, 71, 71 cents, <laughs> and you would come back to Mark and actually um, uh, and actually get the advice of Mark Launchboom and his team. Now, Mark, th- th- everybody loves, you know, a takeaway from a book. You know, it's just, yeah. I always end my interviews this way because, at the end, usually it's kind of like, okay, so what am I going to walk away with? So what are three points that you'd like to leave the listeners with uh, that they could remember from this interview that are probably, if I was going to prioritize them and say these were A items, right? This was top priority. They're sitting out there right now. They're listening to us. They have an idea. They've maybe done a sketch. They don't know where to go. They're not going to patent it yet. Uh, you know, they've gotten all this advice from friends and family and whatever going, yeah, your widget is great. I think you ought to go make that thing that opens up cans easier or whatever the hell it is. Um, what, what three things would you tell them to take away from this? So I would say regardless of what stage you're at, like the way I think about it is I feel like so many people get stuck trying, like just not taking the next step. Like they're, they're getting, they're making it way too complicated and trying to figure out all the steps before they actually go and like realize that all they need to do is take one more step. And so I, I would, I would recommend that, you know, whether you're at the sketch stage or you're working on the prototype or just idea, you know, figure out like, what is the next step that I need to take and just go take that step. Now, don't get paralyzed by nice. not understanding every single step that's in front of you because there are so many resources, not, not even just my book, just online. You can just Google things and be able to like learn. And I, I really do believe that if you're willing to, you know, put yourself out there a little bit and like, look for the information, the right resource will appear at the right time uh, for you. So I would just say, take the next step. I would say that, let's say that you are now committed to doing your product launch, that the, you do not want to like, skip a step. <laughs> now, now we're talking a little bit bigger picture here, but I would say that the thing that people skip the most is the pre-launch. I mentioned this already in the, in the interview, but I'll like really stress this part because it's probably the place that people make the biggest mistake is that they rush, uh, like getting to the launch and 
and they end up skipping like very critical steps. And if I want to make it very clear, what I think are the most critical steps, it would be number one, spending some time actually thinking through how to position your product. And like, again, that's who your audience is and how you are communicating, how your product solves the problem to that audience. It's simple to say, it's a little bit harder to do, but just think about that part. The next thing would be actually building up a pre-launch email list. So like building an audience of people that want to buy your product before you launch and wrapped up in there is all the testing and validation as well, because in order to build an audience, you have to test and experiment and learn. So those would be like the two biggest things on the pre-launch side of things. Um, And then I guess the third thing, if I had to choose three, it's always nicer in threes, isn't it? And I'm thinking people back remember to the, in three. <laughs> we do. Yeah, exactly. You know, I kind of gave like seven things right there though. And sometimes, no, but the, the third, no, no, no. I was getting the third thing. I would just say that again, I'm, I'm rehashing something I said, but I really do believe it's very important is that don't be afraid to ask for help. And I'm not saying this to be like, hit, hit up launch boom. We're going to help you not even us go to other creators, go ask people for help. I, I also yeah. think a lot of people get stuck um, when like the answer is just, it's really just an email away almost like to I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but there are way more people that are willing to help than I think a lot of people realize. So I would say reach out for support. And, uh, it also might unblock you if, uh, you know, if you don't know what the next step might be, because that's probably what some people's reaction to my first point was like, just take the next step. It's like, well, what is the next step? You know, go ask someone that might be like a few steps ahead of you and they'll tell you. Well, it is, you know, you provide great wisdom and knowledge you've done, you know, like you said, what 700 of these now Uh, you're bound to learn something from all of these campaigns that you've done. Some of them have been tremendously successful. I know the Lomi was one of them that was, uh, you also did, uh, electric bike, uh, if I remember correct, weren't you involved in that one? Was no, a whole bunch. Yeah. A whole yeah. bunch of electric bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Electric bikes. So, you know, you, you, he's got uh, the background and I'm saying, uh, go get the book, uh, in this, you've got QR codes to boot. <laughs> if you want to do it on your own, there's one. I just turned to the page. The other thing <laughs> is reach out to Mark himself. Um, he's available. Go to the websuit website. I should say launch boom, uh, dot com or it's crowdfundedbook.com and you can also scan the QR code in the back <laughs> but that's one place where you can go to do it. Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on. You're always a wealth of knowledge and information for people and I just hope people soak up what you said today about doing crowdfunding because it is a way for them to not only save money in that pre-launch phase Uh, But to really study their product and understand better, is there a demand in the market for it versus going out half cock thinking, hey, great, uh, uh, the world's going (laughs) to you, the the world's going to beat a pathway to the door, not like the field of dreams, which you talked about in the movie, because that's (laughs) not what it was. Build it and he will come build it and they will come. Uh, And I think that's a lot of people think is build it and they will come. But it's great having you back on the show again for your revised edition of Crowdfunded. Everybody go out and get a copy of the book. We'll put a link to Amazon. We'll put a link to his website. 
Uh, there's a lot of resources there, but you also can uh, talk to Mark direct. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Greg. Thanks so much. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.